0: Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market like we are every Sunday at 10 a.m. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, joined by Josh Goodwin with the Goodwin Mortgage Group. It is the last call for our client appreciation event. We sent out a mass email this week, and we've got almost 1,000 people set to attend uh, our party on Wednesday of this coming week. Uh, if you're a past client of ours, if you're a real estate agent that's worked with us, if you're someone that's used us to buy or sell real estate at any time in the past, um, we would love to see you at our party. Again, March 29th, 6 o'clock, Emily Arena. We're going to have skating on the Emily Arena ice, ticket giveaways, signed memorabilia, free food, lots of cool stuff. You can RSVP and get your ticket for free, completely free event. Duncan duo Appreciation. again that's duncan duo Appreciation. so a lot going on with real estate it's always a roller coaster when it comes to real estate we we're, there's always news coming out and there's things changing every day but you know what? It's still an incredible time to buy real estate in Tampa Bay you've got um you know prices that have um you know kind of stabilized in a sense we saw we saw some depreciation in the last uh, you know, several months. And that seems to kind of leveled out. Um, you've got, um, you know, people moving here, still low inventory. So it's still a competitive market. Despite everything going on, we're still seeing bidding wars. Yeah. I, mean, like, I think we're what, two and a half months, of two and a half months of inventory. So we're still seeing bidding wars and people say, Oh, well, how, you know, how can this happen with everything going on? It's like, well, let's, let's think about it for a second. Um, you know, your real estate isn't just going to vanish overnight. <laughs> you know, like no. people afraid of putting money in banks, and and probably that's way overblown for the most part. But but the reality is, is that real estate is still a very safe investment. It's a great long term thing. You get tax benefits. You get pride of ownership. There's a lot of benefits to owning real estate, and the, it, it isn't always about the money. Certainly, that has something to do with it. Um, but the, but there's so many benefits, and our real estate market. Is so much different than other markets around the country. Agreed. You know, we've got population growth. We've got a great local economy. We've got a great climate. Fortunately, knock on wood, hurricanes have missed us the last few years. Let's hope. Let's hope again they miss us again. But we've got a. We got all these great things. We got winning sports teams, which brings people. Um, you know, a downtown that's that's you know turning into a really cool experience. Uh, I was just down there uh, for dinner the other night. And it's amazing how fast all that is happening downtown, and that is going to make more and more people want to want to move here.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a busy city. I mean, one of the main things to notice. I mean, the Ritz doesn't create residences in a city that's not growing. Right, exactly.
0: They're not spending no, that, and exactly. they're exactly.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they're all sold out, but they're in their Yeah, they're sold.
0: Yeah. yeah. And and so you have all of these things, you know, and and I mean, you look at people like, you know, billionaires like Bill Gates and Jeff Vennick, they wouldn't be putting millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in the downtown Tampa if they weren't confident that they're going to get their money back out. You know, they're not yeah. doing that, you know, and again, they're both very charitable people, but that's, they're doing it to make a profit.
1: Nothing's for free. Yeah. yeah.
0: They're doing it to make a profit and, and clearly the data that they have and, they're probably smarter than us. Nice. <laughs> that has has told them that it's a it's a smart thing to do. So a lot of great things happening in uh t- in Tampa real estate, and you know Josh, uh, I want to commend you. Um, first off, like one of the things that I think is hard for consumers, uh, as well as agents alike, there's so much that goes into the mortgage process, uh, from all the different steps. And you know the amount of time that you've spent with my team and the time that we've been working together is way more than other people that we've had. And and to me, that shows like a care and compassion that you have for your clients that goes above and beyond just getting paid to do a mortgage. It's it's like you you can sense that you really want to educate them and help them make good decisions. Same with the agent side of things. And you know you were you were at our office this week helping our agents you know work through. Uh, you know, learning different loan products and overcoming different obstacles of transactions. And and I think what a lot of people don't understand is not all mortgage lenders are created equal. You guys do a phenomenal job. And when I decided to partner with you guys, I did my research. I did my due diligence. And I heard from multiple agents about how great of a job you guys do. And I think if you're an agent listening to this and you're not happy with your loan officer, call Goodwin Mortgage Group. If you're a client thinking about buying – even if you're not using me, shame on you. Uh, go to Goodwin Mortgage Group because you got you guys really are like take you know you're you're taking that educational piece and you're helping explain it to people in basic terms that they can understand of what they need to do to prepare themselves.
1: Well, I, I appreciate that. That's uh, I mean that's what we aim to do, right? So especially times right now, yeah, um, everyone needs a little guidance because everyone on the consumer side and everyone is abroad. So let's just say the majority of buyers. They're stuck looking at, well, God, I could have had a 2%. Right. Right? It's our job to educate them and let them see, even at a higher interest rate, are you comfortable with this payment? Yes, I am. Well, great. Lower rates to come. Here are some products that can help combat that. So you know, we do what we can to make sure everybody is happy and educated throughout this transaction, especially in this market.
0: And I think the other thing is, is that you know people have to understand that buying real estate, if you're, if you're doing it right, you're buying it long term. Yeah. Okay. Well, That's why they do 30-year mortgages because, you know, they expect you to live in it a while. Now, look, is anyone living in it 30 years? Not much anymore. No. But five to seven years this is relatively normal. And if you look historically at interest rates, home values, all of these things over longer periods of time, you see that they change. They recover. They do better. So even if, yeah, rates are a little higher right now, yeah, no doubt about it. But that doesn't mean they're there forever. Um, some of the good news that came out of uh, some of the Fed meetings that have happened recently was a prediction that we're going to see interest rates drop within like two years. So people that are buying right now, um, you know, the 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 reality is is that yes, they're going to have a high rate initially, but that that higher rate will allow them to get a better price yeah. than they could have got if rates were lower. And then consequently, what ends up happening. Is that a few years down the line they, you know, there's probably a refi boom, they get their rate down, they paid a little bit more in interest for the first couple of years, but then but then it comes back down. And you know, I think sometimes people fail to c- comprehend the cost of of happiness. Yeah. You know, like so, so, you know, I had somebody tell me the other day how much they hated their apartment. Okay. They absolutely hated their apartment. They didn't want to be there anymore, but they were gonna torture themselves for the next few years until interest rates got back down into the threes and fours again, and instead of paying the 500 bucks a month extra that they could afford, they were going to torture themselves for the next few years. And I tried to explain to them, like, look, even if so, – so let's just say your mortgage payment – because they weren't looking at a super expensive place. So let's say your mortgage pay- payment's $500 more than it would have been, but you can afford it, mm. and you're going to be in there for three years. That's $18,000. Like, what is – That Over a long period of time, do you expect that over three years the property will appreciate more than $18,000 versus you giving, making your landlord rich? It's probably going to, you know, and then secondarily, you get tax benefits, you get some write-offs on that, but not just that. It's the pleasure and joy of being in your home that you can do what you want to it for the most part.
1: Correct. And I think one of the things, and I agree with all of that, the key is the happiness piece of it, but- I think we need to have people look at this differently, Yeah. right? Imagine rates don't go down and they only go up. Yeah. What if we looked at it that way? That 7% or 6% today is way is better, better than 10. Good. Correct. Way better than 10. So we, we have to open our eyes. On, and that's, that's the key. If you can't afford it, it's better than running. Because one thing that a lot of consumers right now don't take into effect, you know
0: what's going to go up every year. Is your rent right? A hundred percent. Here's here's what here's what I always tell people: you're paying the rate. Correct. Whether you're renting or buying, you're paying the rate. The difference is is you're paying you're either paying your own rate and you're getting all those benefits, or you're paying your landlord's rate plus a bump up above that. Yeah. Plus the vig. Plus without, the money. Plus the profit they want to make. So, so you're without getting all those benefits. And so you're paying it short term. You may think, oh man, I got this place, man, I got this place for a year. It's incredible. Yeah. Your rent's about to get jacked up, dude. Correct. They got you in there for a year and then wait for that 50% rate hike. We don't have rent control here. This isn't New York, California that you, re- I, I regularly see people with 50%, yeah, 50% rent increases over the last couple of years. We, we so had yeah. somebody that was renting a place for 1200 and the landlord came in and said, 1900. I can get 1,900. You got to pay 1,900 or move out. And they got the people moved out and bought with this, and they got 1,900. You know, there's just there's so many people moving here, and and so many reasons why people are moving here too. Like, and 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 that's one thing. Like, you if you talk to friends that are in colder climates or in states that don't have the growth that we have, you might hear a lot more gloom and doom about real estate because they're like, oh, there's people moving and it's this and it's that. Real estate is so local that what's happening um, in those other areas isn't indicative of what's happening here. Correct. And now it may impact it. Like, for example, if New York real estate's bad or California real estate's bad, that might actually help Florida because we're a more mobile economy than we've ever been. And people from those states are moving here um, and they are coming here. And so when they come here, it 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 fuels our growth on our real estate market. It hurts the real estate market where they're at. And so you might think, oh man, you know, my friend in New York's talking about how bad it is. It's gonna get bad here too. Not necessarily. Real estate is so local that uh, again, what what happens in one municipality can be completely, completely different. Even the same neighborhoods. Like there are neighborhoods in Tampa Bay that that, you know, homes sell in 30 days. And then there are neighborhoods in Tampa Bay where a well-priced home gets 12 offers on it. You know, I, I regularly make offers on investment properties. We we have an instant cash program, but we buy homes cash all the time. And at any given time, I own, you know, five to seven houses that are under different forms of of, of rehab. And, um, you know, I get people coming to me with opportunities all the time. And I had a, a property come to me recently, not in the greatest neighborhood in Tampa, but a low-priced home that needed some work. It was a two hundred fifty thousand dollars house. Somebody brought the opportunity to me, and I looked at it. I was like, "Man, this thing needs work." But if someone puts the work into it, it can they can have some sweat equity. You got twelve offers on it. You know, yeah. I mean, that's just the affordable real estate here is still doing very well, and it's going to continue to do well.
1: I would say all of it. I mean, to add to that, I'm all in on real estate, right? So not yeah. only do we do mortgages, but personally, I mean, I've got a development project. We're building six townhomes south that's of Gandy. Awesome. Andy yep with a buddy of mine, and we're going to keep them in. Yeah. Room. I mean, oh,
0: makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Hold on to them. Airbnb Do Absolutely. all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's
1: so much opportunity still, even though a lot has been taken up. There's still so much still
0: more. so much opportunity. And and so again, I want to talk next. This is a uh, some. This one of the other reasons our real estate market continues to be good is our taxes. And I'm going to talk about that and what that what that means, um, and and why people are coming here. And and again. There's pros and cons to it. Do I love the busier roadways? Not all the time. There's some things that can be frustrated with the infrastructure that, you know, some of our local governments need to catch up with and figure out. But uh, I'd rather be growing because I think if you're not growing, you're dying. You know, and that's what's happening to other areas of the country. So we're going to talk about taxes and how it so makes do the real estate taxes in Tampa after you pay on the make Duo your show. state a better place. We're back here on the Duncan Duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market and look, it's no secret that um, the country has been more polarized politically than ever. Uh, and it's no secret when we poll customers, uh, we hear time and again that they're moving to Florida because of how much they love how Florida is run. Uh, you see things like uh, Governor DeSantis coming out against the central bank currency. Um, you see some of the economic steps that he's taken, the kind of "go woke, go broke" mentality that he has, he that a lot want, of people yeah. appreciate. You know, and and there are people moving from areas that aren't as, um, you know, politically aligned with their belief system and coming here because of that. And taxes are a major contributing factor to that. We don't have state and local income taxes in Florida. And that draws a lot of people here. You have wealthy executives that learned during COVID that they could run their companies remotely, that they could do a lot via Zoom, and they, they probably could live in other areas that are moving here. You've got professional baseball players that call this their primary residence because they don't want to pay the 10% you know, or 12% or whatever it is in some of these other cities and states. And and so it's driving our local economy because, you know, tourism, you know, we get people visiting here. So there's other ways our local economy gets tax dollars, but it isn't coming from income. And so that is why Florida is ranked number two in the country with the best taxpayer ROI. And basically, there was a study done by Wallet Hub that ranks states based on uh, it's kind of a breakdown with data analysts. About how much residents pay in taxes on average, um, and and how those uh, taxes contribute to the well-being of the area. So after sifting through the numbers, the state with the best one is little old New Hampshire, um, and so but coming in second and strong, uh, Florida. So to rank it is it's New Hampshire, Florida, Alaska, South Dakota, Texas, Missouri, Virginia, Georgia, Ohio, Wyoming. So the states with the best taxpayer ROI, interestingly, are states that are growing and have more people uh, wanting to pursue living in those states. The states with the lower taxpayer ROI, you see people leaving them. And, And the reason people are leaving them is because they don't feel like they're getting a good return on the investment for the tax dollars that they pay. They don't feel like the local or the state government is spending those dollars wisely. And again, um, you know, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis winning by such a large margin his his governor uh, re-election uh, tells you how people feel about, you know, how he's running uh, the, the finances of the state, which is one of the governor's primary responsibilities. I sometimes see people get all caught up in, um, you know, political stuff uh, or political belief systems of certain politicians on things that they don't really have much say or control in. Yeah. But the economy is the thing that I really pay a lot of attention to when I choose who, who I want to support. And Governor DeSantis has obviously done uh, an incredible job with setting Florida up for success and driving people here, getting yeah, people breeding. here, which fuels real estate fuels our our local market fuels development and, and all of those things. So Florida best taxpayer ROI. I mean, other reasons why, uh, you know, people want to live uh, in our area you know we talked about winning sports teams winning sports teams you know people get you know united behind that you know it, it builds a loyalty to the area it builds a camaraderie people want to be aligned with when with winners um the climate you know look when when winters are really harsh we see our population uptick you know yep. people are like man i'm ready i'm tired of this um and look, there's there's no secret. There's still some flaws in in our local market. Our infrastructure hasn't kept up with some of the development, and and that's obviously being worked through. You do see a lot of construction, road construction going on, which tells me, okay, they're trying. You know, the, there's at least some attempts to rectify some yeah, of this stuff. Even the bridge on the way over here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there are there are there are attempts ongoing to improve the the infrastructure. Um, you know, so that that obviously is one of the obstacles of growth. And then, of course, the, um, you know, the 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 other obstacle with growth is, you know, the the competition for housing, you know, whether it's rentals or whether it's uh, homes for sale. When you have a population growth and a low inventory, that is a recipe for a continued, healthy, successful real estate market. People will all you know, all the time I'll hear people say things like, oh, you know, we're going to see this is a repeat all over again. We're going to crash the real estate market can't crash unless inventory rises dramatically and inventory is dropping. People don't, you can't, you have to flood the market with inventory to shift the supply and demand curve. And that happens over a really long period of time. And all of these things that have happened over the last year, we actually see inventory back dropping again, you know? So it's, it's people realistically, probably one of the um, you know, things protecting the real estate market are people in two and 3% interest rates because they don't want to flood the market because they don't want to give up their two or 3% yeah. interest rate. So, in a sense, it's going to help protect it and keep it relatively healthy. You know what their nicknames are, right? No. What's the nickname? They've dubbed people with a two and 3% rate
1: as um, accidental landlords. Oh, because they're just it's turning so, their houses. They're just it's renting so them low. Out. Yeah. They that they it just, it. them. It's
0: stupid not to rent it. Yeah. Fact. So, yeah. it's not hitting the market. And that was.
1: Thousands, hundreds of thousands of people.
0: Yeah, lots of people doing that because yeah. why why would they? They they have a rate so low they can make cash, they can charge, you know, they can make plenty of money. And look, that's a great wealth creation yeah. tactic. There's a lot of people that will become very wealthy by owning rental real estate. And it probably started with their two or three percent interest rate, Correct. then them seeing the benefits, and then it domino effects into into more and more and more. So we're gonna continue this conversation, uh talking more about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on the Dunkin' Duo show. So we're back here on the Dunkin' Duo real estate show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan at the Duncan Duo. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Josh Goodwin, Goodwin Mortgage Group, and uh, rookie home buyer mistakes. You know it's interesting? Because we still have a large amount of first-time homebuyers, And, you know, realtors, there's all kinds of memes out there, right? Uh, with realtors and jokes and I did one not long ago and it was a video and it was like this is the telltale sign that your buyer is about to cancel a contract and it was like me acting as the buyer and I was like hey dad
1: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that anytime the dad's like, involved
0: anytime, yeah, those are always bad signs dad's the home inspector or you know the, those are and again look I'm, I'm a dad too I'm a protective dad you know but, but we've seen enough of those through the years um, but there are some uh, rookie homebuyer mistakes that are, um, you know, relatively uh, common, and and this one rookie homebuyer move drives real estate agents crazy, and it's the lowball offer. Mm. So here's the thing: big point of contention. There, we're not in a market where you're going to get ten or twenty or thirty percent off of 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 an asking price, um, unless the property is way overpriced. Yeah. Um, now, a year ago, we were seeing 102, 103 uh, percent list to sell price ratio. So that has turned, okay, that has softened. We're not seeing that on the norm anymore. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I mean, we just we had listings this week with our marketing strategies and tactics. We had listings this week that went bidding war above asking. So it does happen, but it's not as common. It's not the norm anymore. Now we're seeing the norm of. 98% list-to-sell price ratio. So what does that mean? That means, on average, the agents and the sellers know the homes are selling for a couple percentage points off of asking. So basically, that means that if you are um, you know, a home buyer and you're making an offer on a house, you're you're not going to get much better than that. You're going to get a couple percentage points, maybe four or five percentage points. And if you're getting much more than that, then the home is overpriced. Because the agent on the other side and the uh, of the the uh, client on the seller on the other side, they look at the stats. They understand and know the stats. So, the reality is is that if you're getting that much of an off of an asking price, the house was probably overpriced. Number one, or number two, you found something wrong with the house, and then that that becomes leverage. It's been on the market a long time. There are rare circumstances, but. You know, I, I had a client a few years back, and they were looking at, you know, really expensive houses. And this is a true story. Um, they said to me, Andrew, I want to get a house for 20% off the asking price. That was their goal, okay? So I said, okay, let's, let's see what we can do. And so the, um, they wanted a 20% off asking price, okay? So they go out, they look at houses, and they look and they look, and they make offers, and they make offers, and they make offers. They finally get one accepted, okay? They get a house that was listed for like 660, for 550, and they are ecstatic. They think that they won- A deal. A deal. They think that they won the award. You know, they they, they accomplished it all. They're celebrating, they're high-fiving in the driveway they think that they stole this house. Guess what it appraised for? $550. $550, because it's $100,000 overpriced. So s- don't base your negotiating position off of asking price. There are sometimes a home is underpriced with the intention of getting a bidding war. Yeah. There are times where a house is you know complete opposite, overpriced, and you're negotiating down. But you want to base your marketing or your negotiating position off of value, not off of asking price, because asking price is completely irrelevant. Correct. Like you know, I I dabble in cars. People know I'm I'm a car junkie, right? So I'm always looking at like different cars and buying and selling and doing all this stuff. And there are times you'll see a you know a hundred thousand dollar car listed for hundred twenty thousand. If you pr- undercut them and say, hey, I'll give you a hundred thousand, you basically just paid the ask. You paid retail. Value. They yeah. just marked it up. So you have to. um Make sure that you are negotiating from a place of value, not from asking price. Because asking price sometimes is complete fantasy land. So if you are somebody that wants to make a lowball offer, okay, um, understand that you may not get a second chance at the house. Because if it's well-priced and it's a nice house and you make your lowball offer, they take someone else's. Then you may offend them, okay? And realistically, it may not be the right house for you. If you don't see the value in it close to asking, and, and we're we're assuming some variables here. We're assuming that the listing agent knows what they're doing. They all don't, but a lot do. The listing agent knows what they're doing, and the home's appropriately priced, um, and the comps support it, and your agent can show the comps support it. If you don't see the value in it, then probably ain't the right house for you. Correct. Because, and again, with the exceptions of the house has been on the market a really long time or there's some major obstacles wrong with it. And by major obstacles wrong with it, I don't mean like – uh, there's a crack in the driveway, or like the uh, one of the outlets doesn't work. No, or there's the kitchen's a light outdated. Outlet. It's yeah, yeah they're yeah. major obstacles, right? Major expensive uh, items that other homes in that price range have or don't have. So, low ball offers are not uh, working. And, and truly, like, they're most of the time, they're a waste of time. And all you're going to do is offend and waste time. If that, if you want to make a low ball offer, it's probably not the right house for you.
1: Well, and that is true that. People do get offended. One of my referral partners wrote an offer 30% below for a client and told her, you know, we could quite possibly offend this person. The agent didn't even respond. Didn't yeah. even respond to the offer.
0: Yeah, for sure. Oh. And 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 again, that's the norm. The the they're not going to um they're they're not going to. You know, so it's it's one of these things that that I think frustrates agents is is they they get frustrated when they're trying to get the client to see the reality of the situation in the market. Because what the client sees is not reality most of the time. They might see an, a, a news story on CNBC about how bad the real estate market is, and that's a national thing. that's not Tampa. And so it's hard sometimes to educate the customer. And and what we have found is it's not as if we don't want to make the offer for the client. Because look, we'll 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 make the offer for you. We'll show you. I mean, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna get acceptable. We'll give it a shot. Yep. And, and sometimes it's just the client learning, and losing enough, losing out enough, to this, where the market educates them. Because we'll try and educate them, but. Look, you know, I've sold three billion in real estate, and I mean, probably on a weekly basis, I have people that think they know more about real estate than I do. It's like you're buying your first house. You you watch a YouTube video, uh, you know, from you follow someone on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, like I promise you, like this is something I've been doing a long time, you know, and so, but people will come in with the assumption that because they watch HGTV or you know they saw Ryan Serhant or the Property Brothers or you know the Flipping Almuses or whatever it is that they watched, that they know more. And, and, but, and unfortunately we can do all we can to try and educate them because I've seen countless times where people's dream home, it is their absolute dream. It is everything they want in the house. It checks off every single item and then they, they get cheap and they lowball, and they don't get it. And they're, they are distraught over five or $10,000, which in a mortgage payment is nothing. 30 years. Yeah. Which in a mortgage payment is nothing. A couple dollars. And then they lose the house. And then they look for months and months, and they never find what they really want to get, in and they go back to renting. Yep. Okay, it's it's just there's just so low inventory. It's not the time to be cheap. If you want that house, I tell people if you want to sleep on it, you're not going to sleep in it. Correct. You know, you you got to pull the trigger, and you've got to be realistic. And if not, then maybe it's not the right house for you. But we are not in a market where, regardless of everything going on in the economy, inventory is still drastically low, and we still have more buyers than sellers. Yeah. So sellers still have the advantage. And again. Is it as much of an advantage as they had a year ago? No. Are, are they more negotiable? Yes. Are they 20% negotiable? No. Look, here's the other thing that I find interesting. Real estate agents, and especially in Tampa, there are a lot of really wealthy millionaire real estate agents in Tampa that invest and own a lot of real estate, okay, and that that, that deal with a lot of consumers. If somebody is going to sell a piece of real estate for 10 or 20% off, Um, it would happen before it ever hits the market. Oh, correct. Behind closed doors. Exactly. That 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 you know, so so if a home hits the retail market, okay, the likelihood of you getting that kind of a deal just doesn't exist because if it was available, I'd buy it. Yeah. You know, if somebody calls me up and says, Hey Andrew, I just went out, I want 80 cents on the dollar, done. Yep. Sold. I buy it, you know. You're, you as a consumer that's getting a mortgage and got to go through a normal home buying process, you don't have those advantages and those deals are things that never hit the market if they exist. So if you're looking at homes on the MLS and you're getting a mortgage and you're, you know, it just it just doesn't exist. You're not that isn't where we're at. We're not in 2006. We're not in the great recession. Are we in a slowdown? Yes. Has it negatively impacted real estate? A little bit. Nothing like it did, you know, almost twenty years ago. It's crazy. It's
1: people still like you said. Our our area is different. People need a place to live. Yeah, so many people moving here.
0: Yeah, hundred percent constantly. And and again, so many things attracting people to our area that are making it exciting for people to say, you know, I want to live here. I want to buy here. I want to sell here. I want to. I want to. You know, I want my business here. You know, I mean, just this week, you know, I, I connected you with a uh, a group that owns a car dealership that's looking at commercial property. It's looking at buying some luxury real estate. They want to they want to open a division here. They want to move, you know, people because of how well Florida's been run, people want to live here. People want to move here. So we have this phenomenon that contradicts what's happening in other parts of the country. Yeah. And, and it's hard for people to disconnect that because they pay attention to the news and the news. And again, I mean, we're on, we're on <laughs> news talk, right? I'm giving you the good real estate news. Okay? The real news. But a lot of times the news is meant to make you think one way or another, and especially national news. It can be so misleading. Depending yeah. on what station you watch and what their what their agenda is on that station, you might be getting something completely different than what is realistically happening in your local real estate market. And that's what's confusing for consumers. They'll, they'll pop on CNBC or – whatever station it is, and they'll see something and say, oh, housing starts are down. They might be down nationally, but they're not here. Yeah. You know, or, you know, there's a problem with insurance and maybe that's a problem somewhere else. But is it a problem in your local market? And, and it isn't all the time. You know, again, it's hyper, hyper local. So we're going to continue our conversation. Make sure you RSVP to our client appreciation event. Uh it is on Wednesday at Emily Arena. We're going to be doing some ice skating, have some free food, give some lightning ticket giveaways, sharing a cool family-friendly event, dunkanduoappreciation.eventbrite.com. Appreciation.eventbright.com. would love to see you out there, RSVP, or send us a message on any of our socials, and we'll get back to you with the link. And we'll be back wrapping up the show after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here on the Dunkin' Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And this next topic is something that if you've lived in Tampa for any period of time, you've probably seen, experienced, or had friends experience because we are dealing with a lot of infill development. A lot of homes get torn down. Vacant land gets built up. So, if you are thinking about buying a house next to or close to vacant land, here are some things to consider. Okay. There is good and bad to this. The good is that every time a new construction home is built, it improves values in the neighborhood because it's going to sell and go for higher and have more features. Okay. Uh, A lot of times, when you have infill development happening in the neighborhood, uh, that developer or builder may be required to improve the roadways to improve the infrastructure. Um, They may be required to do certain things to people's yards that they have to park in. So there can be some things that can benefit, you know, but I had uh, one not long ago where there was uh, three homes being built next to each other and to prevent traffic problems. Some of the trucks would park like on the edge of people's yards. Mm. The builder had to redo all of, the, of everyone's yard. Just, I mean, the whole thing, you know, so this owner's got these great new sparkling brand new yards. So there, there are some things that can happen. It can improve the value. It can improve your neighborhood. It can improve the infrastructure. Um, you find uh, uh, another one is the tech stuff. You'll see some of the, um, you know, the, the um, Fios and fiber optic and internet providers, when new homes get built in, sometimes they've got to upgrade, they'll come in and they will lay new, lay new wiring and improve the fiber optics, improve the internet speed. So there are some good things. There's some bad things too. You know, if you're building next to vacant land or right next to you or across the street, you can plan or anticipate that at some point something's gonna be built on it. And you're gonna to have to deal with some construction obstacles, some trucks, some noise. Um, and if you're not an early bird, <laughs> plan to be because you're going to hear beep, beep, mm-hmm. beep starting early in the morning because those guys working on houses, especially in the heat of the summer, man, they get they get out there early because early they want to avoid they want to avoid the, uh, you know, the they want to avoid the sun, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so there are some obstacles Um, could just do what I did. I just bought all the land around my house. <laughs> <laughs> I moved. I built the house. I literally bought five lots all around me, and I was like, "I'm no one's going to build next to me. I'm just going." And I would tell the people, and again, I mean, I'm very blessed and fortunate to be able to do that. So I know everyone can't. That's the but, Elon Musk play. That is exactly what I did. I said, "You know what? I'm just gonna – it is going to be growth by acquisition. I'm gonna I'm gonna like move forward and dominate and own the block. You know, move uh, now. I'm going another block, and so but but in all reality, I know that can't be the norm for for everyone, um, but the the reality is is that it may be a short-term inconvenience for a long-term uh you know for a long-term benefit similarly um you know look in Tampa you have two camps of people when it comes to trees okay you have the camp of people that doesn't care if trees get torn down uh, as long as something gets replaced and they're not tree people and then you have the group of people that are very very devout lovers of trees And when new construction hits and builders come into a neighborhood with some of the new laws that are in place, sometimes some of those trees are coming down. Uh, So if, if there's a vacant lot across the street and there's a beautiful tree and you love that tree, that tree might be going away. You know, you can contest it. There's steps and processes that you can go through. Um, but there are again, there are some inconveniences. There's some negative things, but there's some positive things. So I, I always like to look at the positives, you know. I like to focus on the positives as I best. And they I can. far outweigh the negatives with yeah. new construction. And especially because it does, it improves your value, it improves your um, you know, the, that means more tax dollars, a higher price, more tax dollars, more more money for roadways, more money for infrastructure. Um, you know, so there's so many benefits to it. Um and and again, Across South Tampa, you see that infill type development. Um, in other parts of Tampa, it's less infill and more, you know, development—more hundred homes, fifty homes, sixty townhomes. Um, again, if you're not growing, you're dying, in my opinion. And and you know that that's something we're going to continue to see growth, uh, and we're going to continue to be a healthy real estate market compared to others. Um, but the infrastructure becomes, you know, you know, the infrastructure becomes really key. You've got to make sure to to keep investing in that. So um but new construction is also for people buying. Um and we've only got about a minute left here, but I think the best option for a lot of home buyers is buying new construction. It, they don't have to hassle with a lot of the extra things. It can be cheaper from a utility standpoint, cheaper from taxes initially. Um you know, a lot of financial benefits and quality of life benefits from buying new construction homes. Um and and so again, if you're a consumer out there, I tell people all the time, if you're a consumer out there and you're looking at a particular area and you're looking at resale, try and track the same commute distance in a different part of town to your work and look at some new construction. Um, I think that that far too often it is overlooked when people go into a new construction house and they see all the benefits, they're like, uh, you know, I don't really want to live in this part of town, but I'm going to spend more time at home than I'm going to spend commuting, and this house is way better than the house that I was thinking about buying in a different part of town. So definitely pay attention to new construction. Last call, dunkanduoappreciation.eventbrite.com. Make sure to come out to our client appreciation party. Follow us on all of our socials at the Dunkin' Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook. Again, that's dunkanduoappreciation.eventbrite.com. We hope to see you on Wednesday at Amelie Arena for our annual appreciation event. And have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.